0: section 20 of cakes and ale this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by Sonia. cakes and ale by edward spencer section 20 the daylight drink something too much of this a nipping and an eager air whilst holding the same opinion as the epicure who declared that good eating required good drinking there is no question but that there should be a limit to both there is as shakespeare told us a tide in the affairs of man so why should there not be in this particular affair why should it be only ebb tide during the few hours that the man is wrapped in the arms of a bacchanalian morpheus either in bed or in custody the abuse of good liquor is surely as criminal a folly as the abstention therefrom and the man who mixes his liquors injudiciously lacks that refinement of taste and understanding which is necessary for the appreciation of a good deal of this book or indeed of any other useful volume our grandfathers swore terribly and drank deep but their fun did not commence until after dinner and they drank for the most part the best of ale and such port wine as is not to be had in these days of free trade which is only a euphemism for adulteration and motor-cars although mine own teeth are periodically set on edge by the juice of the grape consumed by an ancestor or two although the gout within me is a heritage from the three a and four bottle era i respect mine ancestors in that they knew not gin and bitters the baleful habit of alcoholizing the inner sinner between meal-times the pernicious habit of dram-drinking or nipping from early morn till dewy eve was not introduced into our cities until the latter half of the nineteenth century had set in brandy-and-soda at first only used as a livener and a deadly livener it is was unknown during the early victorian era and the gin-crawl that interminable slouch around the hostelries is a rank growth of modernity the nipping habit came to us with other pernicious notions from across the atlantic ocean it was brother jonathan who established the bar system and although for the most part throughout great britain the alcohol is dispensed by young ladies with fine eyes and a great deal of adventitious hair and the barkeep with his big watch-chain and his guns placed within easy reach for quick-shooting saloon practice is unknown on this side the herd of the system to employ an americanism gets there just the same there is not the same amount of carousing in the british army as in the days when i was a gilded popinjay in the language of mr john burns a five-and-tumpenny assassin in the words of somebody else in those days the use of alcohol if not absolutely encouraged for the use of the subaltern was winked at by his superiors as long as the subalterns were not on duty or on the line of march and i don't know so much about the line of march either but with any orderly or responsible duty to be done the beverage of heroes was not admired now mind once observed our revered colonel in the ante-room after dinner none of you young officers get seeing snakes and things or otherwise rendering yourselves unfit for service or i'll try the lot of you by court-martial i will buy here the adjutant let the regimental bible drop with a bang tea is the favourite ante-room refreshment nowadays when the officer young or old is always either on duty or at school and the education of the modern warrior is never completed but the civilian sing ho the wicked civilian is a reveller and a bibber for the most part very little business is transacted except over what is called a friendly glass i want seven hundred and forty-five from you old chappie," says reggie the beers of the house on settling day right replies his friend young bertha's toss you double or quits down with it and it would be a cold day were not a magnum or two of the boy to be opened over the transaction the cheap eating-house keeper who has spent his morning at the market cheapening a couple of pigs or a dozen scraggy fowls will have spent double the money he has saved in the bargain in rum and sixpenny ale ere he gets home again and even a wholesale deal in evening journals between two youths in the street, requires to be wetted. Very sad, is it not? But as anything which I, who am popularly supposed to be something resembling a roisterer, but who am in reality one of the most discreet of those who enjoy life, can write is not likely to work a change in the system which obtains amongst English speaking nations, perhaps the sooner I get on with the programme the better later on i may revert to the subject amongst daylight and midnight for the matter of that drinks the cocktail that fascinating importation from dollar land holds a prominent place this is a concoction for which with american bars all over the metropolis the cockney does not really require any recipe but as i trust to have some country readers a few directions may be appended brandy cocktail one wine glass full of old brandy six drops of angostura bitters and twenty drops of curacao in a small tumbler all cocktails should be made in a small silver tumbler shake and pour into glass tumbler then fill up with crushed ice put a shred of lemon peel atop champagne cocktail one teaspoonful of sifted sugar ten drops of angostura bitters a small slice of pineapple and a shred of lemon peel strain into glass tumbler add crushed ice and as much champagne as the tumbler will hold mix with a spoon bengal cocktail fill tumbler half full of crushed ice add thirty drops of maraschino one tablespoonful of pineapple syrup thirty drops of curacao six drops of angostura bitters one wine-glassful of old brandy stir and put a shred of lemon peel atop milford cocktail dedicated to mr jersey put into a half pint tumbler a couple of lumps of best ice one teaspoonful of sifted sugar one teaspoonful of orange bitters half a wine-glassful of brandy top up with bottled cider and mix with a spoon serve with a strawberry and a sprig of verbena atop manhattan cocktail half a wine glass full of vermouth italian half a wine glass full of rye whiskey according to the american recipe though personally i prefer scotch ten drops of angostura bitters and six drops of curacao add ice shake well and strain put a shred of lemon peel atop yum yum cocktail break the yolk of a new-laid egg into a small tumbler and put a teaspoonful of sugar on it then six drops of angostura bitters a wine-glass full of sherry and half a wine-glass full of brandy shake all well together and strain dust a very little cinnamon over the top gin cocktail ten drops of angostura bitters one wine-glass full of gin ten drops of cursao one shred of lemon peel fill up with ice shake and strain newport cocktail put two lumps of ice and a small slice of lemon into the tumbler add six drops of angostura bitters half a wine glass full of noyau, and a wine glass full of brandy stir well and serve with peel atop saratoga cocktail this is a more important affair and requires a large tumbler for the initial stage. One teaspoonful of pineapple syrup, ten drops of Angostura bitters, one teaspoonful of maraschino, and a wine glass full of old brandy. Nearly fill the tumbler with crushed ice and shake well. Then place a couple of strawberries in a small tumbler, strain the liquid on them, put in a strip of lemon peel, and top up with champagne. Whiskey cocktail put into a small tumbler ten drops of angostura bitters and one wine-glass full of scotch whiskey. fill the tumbler with crushed ice shake well strain into a large wine-glass and place a strip of peel atop but the ordinary british bar cuddler as he is called in the slang of the day reeks not of cocktails nor indeed of columbian combinations of any sort he has his own particular vanity and frequently a pet name for it gin and angry story angostura slow and old slow gin and old tom pony burton please miss are a few of the demands the attentive listener may hear given orange gin gin and orange gin gin and sherry Oh bile where is thy sting our favourite midday refreshers and i have heard a well-known barrister call for a split worcester a small wine-glass full of worcester sauce with a split soda without a smile on his expressive countenance small lamb and a dash is a favourite summer beverage and withal a harmless one consisting of a small bottle of lemonade with about an eighth of a pint of bitter ale added thereto in one old-fashioned hostelry i wot of the same in which the chair of the late dr samuel johnson is on view customers who require to be stimulated with gin call for wreck and irish whiskey is known by none other name than cork the habitual bar cuddler usually rubs his hands violently together as he requests a little attention from the presiding hebe and affects a sort of shocked surprise at the presence on the scene of any one of his friends or acquaintances he is well up too in the slang phraseology of the day which he will ride to death on every available opportunity full well do i remember him in the how's your poor feet era and it seems but yesterday that he was informing the company in assertive tones now we shan't be long the free lunch idea of the yankees is only thoroughly carried out in the north country where at the best hotels there is often a great bowl of soup or a dish of jugged hair or of irish stew pro bono publico and by publico is implied the hotel directorate as well as the customers in london however the free lunch seldom soars above salted almonds coffee beans cloves with biscuits and american cheese but at most refreshment houses is to be obtained for cash some sort of a restorative sandwich or bon bush, in the which anchovies and hard-boiled eggs play leading parts and amongst other restorative food i have noticed that parallelograms of cold welsh rarebit are exceedingly popular amongst wine-travellers and advertisement agents the genius who propounded the statement that there is nothing like leather could surely never have sampled a cold welsh rarebit bosom caresser Put into a small tumbler one wineglassful of sherry, half a wineglassful of old brandy, the yolk of an egg, two teaspoonfuls of sugar, and two grains of cayenne pepper. Add crushed ice, shake well, strain, and dust over with nutmeg and cinnamon. A nicobine, or nickerbine, as I have seen it spelt, used to be a favorite short drink in Malta and consisted of the yolk of an egg intact in a wine-glass with layers of curacao maraschino and green chartreuse the liquors not allowed to mix with one another the nicarbein recipe differs materially from this as brandy is substituted for chartreuse and the ingredients are shaken up and strained the white of the egg being whisked and placed atop but either way you will get a good bile-provoking mixture in the west indies if you thirst for rum and milk cocoa-nut milk is the only ware and a very delicious potion it is a favourite mixture in jamaica was the juice of a star apple the juice of an orange a wine-glass full of sherry and the dust of nutmeg i never heard a name given to this bull's milk this is a comforting drink for summer or winter during the latter season instead of adding ice the mixture may be heated one teaspoonful of sugar in a large tumbler half a pint of milk half a wineglassful of rum a wineglassful of brandy add ice shake well strain and powder with cinnamon and nutmeg fairy kiss put into a small tumbler the juice of a quarter of lemon a quarter of a wineglassful each of the following vanilla syrup curacao yellow chartreuse brandy add ice shake and strain flash of lightning one-third of a wine-glassful each of the following in a small tumbler raspberry syrup curacao brandy and three drops of angostura bitters add ice shake and strain flip flap, one wine glass full of milk in a small tumbler one well-beaten egg a little sugar and a wine-glassful of port ice shake strain and sprinkle with cinnamon and nutmeg maiden's blush have a wine-glassful of sherry in a small tumbler a quarter of a wine-glassful of strawberry syrup and a little lemon juice add ice and a little raspberry syrup shake and drink through straws Athol brose is compounded according to a favorite author in the following manner upon virgin honeycombs you pour according to their amount the oldest french brandy and the most indisputable scotch whisky in equal proportions you allow this goodly mixture to stand for days in a large pipkin in a cool place and it is then strained and ready for drinking epicures drop into the jug by way of imparting artistic finish a small fragment of the honeycomb itself this I deprecate. Tiger's milk. Small tumbler. Half a wineglassful each of cider and Irish whiskey. A wineglassful of peach brandy. Beat up separately the white of an egg with a little sugar and add this. Fill up the tumbler with ice. Shake and strain. Add half a tumbler of milk and grate a little nutmeg atop. Windham. Large tumbler. Equal quantities a liquor glass of each of maraschino curacao brandy with a little orange peel and sugar add a glass of champagne and a small bottle of salsa water, ice and mix well together stir with a spoon happy eliza put into a skillet twelve fresh dried figs cut open four apples cut into slices without peeling and half a pound of loaf sugar broken small add two quarts of water boil for twenty minutes strain through a where's the brandy stop i've turned over two leaves and got amongst the temperance strings rain back mint julep this properly made is the most delicious of all american beverages it is mixed in a large tumbler in the which are placed first of all two and a half tablespoonfuls of water one tablespoonful of sugar crushed and two or three sprigs of mint which should be pressed with a spoon or crusher into the sugar and water to extract the flavor add two wine-glassfuls of old brandy now we shan't be long fill up with powdered ice shake well get the mint to the top of the tumbler stalks down and put a few strawberries and slices of orange atop shake in a little rum last of all and drink through straws Possets an eighteenth-century recipe take three gills of sweet-cream a grated rind of lemon and juice thereof three-quarters of a pint of sack or rhenish wine sweeten to your taste with loaf sugar then beat in a bowl with a whisk for one hour and fill your glasses and drink to the king we are tolerably loyal in this our time still it is problematical if there exist man or woman in merry england in our day who would whisk a mixture for sixty minutes by the clock even with the prospect of drinking to the reigning monarch brandy sour this is simplicity itself a teaspoonful of sifted sugar in a small tumbler a little lemon rind and juice one wine glass full of brandy fill nearly up with crushed ice shake and strain whisky sour is merely scotch whisky treated in the same kind open-handed manner with the addition of a few drops of raspberry syrup blue blazer don't be frightened there is absolutely no danger put into a silver mug or jug previously heated two wine glassfuls of overproof or proof scotch whisky and one wine glassful of boiling water set the liquor on fire and pass the blazing liquor into another mug also well heated Pass to and fro and serve in a tumbler with a lump of sugar and a little thin lemon peel. Be very particular not to drop any of the blazer on the cat or the hearthrug or the youngest child. This drink would, I should think, have satisfied the aspirations of Mr. Daniel Quilp. One of the most wholesome of all refreshers is a simple liquor distilled from black currants and known to our lively neighbors as cassis this syrup can be obtained in the humblest cabaret in france but we have to thank the eccentric and illogical ways of our customs department for its absence from most of our own wine lists the duty is so prohibitive being half as much again as that levied on french brandy that it would pay nobody but said customs department to import it into england and yet the amount of alcohol contained in cassis is infinitesimal strange to say nobody has ever started a cassis deal on this side one would imagine that the process would be simplicity itself as the liquor is nothing but cold black currant tea with a suspicion of alcohol in it sligo slop this is an irish delight the juice of ten lemons strained ten tablespoonfuls of sifted sugar one quart of john jameson's oldest and best whiskey and two port wine-glassfuls of curacao all mixed together let the mixture stand for a day or two and then bottle this should be drunk neat in liqueur glasses and is said to be the most effectual jumping-powder it certainly reads conducive to timber topping take it altogether the daylight drink is a mistake it is simply ruin to appetite it is more expensive than those who indulge therein are aware of at the time it ruins the nerves sooner or later it is not conducive to business unless for those whose heads are especially hard and it spoils the palate for the good wine which is poured forth later on the precept cannot be too widely laid down too fully known do not drink between meals better far better the three-bottle trick of our ancestors than the gin-crawl of today. End of section 20